Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. Supply chain snags, consumer stockpiling, and retailers reprioritizing what to stock during the initial phases of the coronavirus pandemic meant consumers had to go without their favorite brands or switch to available alternatives. But according to one branding expert, those lost sales are not the same as lost consumers. Rather, Soul Marketing CEO Deb Gabor says that companies can win back consumers who have gone astray and even overcome black marks associated with the pandemic, such as maybe having a warehouse or a facility associated with an outbreak, by engendering what she calls irrational loyalty. In her recently published book, Irrational Loyalty, Building a Brand that Thrives in Turbulent Times, and in this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Gabor explains how companies can instill in consumers a lifetime of loyalty that will carry them through both good and bad times. She also shares advice for raising brand awareness without offending consumers during a crisis and tips for avoiding common missteps. According to Gabor, irrational loyalty occurs when consumers are so indelibly bonded to a brand that they would feel like they were cheating on it if they were to choose an alternative, even if that deviation is under duress, as in the case of the coronavirus pandemic. Instilling this loyalty was never easy, but Gabor said it's become much more difficult in the past four years with the proliferation of brands, products, and ways to buy them. Now it's no longer enough to offer something unique or even indispensable because the reality is there are many, many companies that offer similar products with similar functional benefits. Instead, to stand out in this competitive landscape, brands increasingly must take stands on issues or demonstrate values that resonate with their target core consumers. On an increasing basis, brands are required by consumers to show up with a set of values and beliefs, that they need to show the world what they look like inside. They have to, you know, sort of open up the, open up the shirt and show the, the big red beating heart because now when brands become part of the person who uses them, they tell a story about the person who uses them, right? So in the way that you would know everything you needed to know about me, if, for instance, I said I grew up in Texas and actually I'm a Dr. Pepper person, like you almost know my life story, right? And so the best brands in the world are the ones that get to this place that they really, really, really tell a story about the person who uses them. And they use their values and beliefs as a magnet to align with the people that they most want to do business with. Because, you know, we've seen it. People are looking to brands for leadership. They're looking for brands to tell them how to feel, how to act, what to do, what to buy, where to go, right? And your choice of what brands you patronize can say something positive about you or it could say something negative about you or it could say something that you don't want anybody to know about you. And that's really the biggest change that's come about in the last decade. And I'd say that really started like probably around 2014, 2015. So a little bit more recently, we saw brands really start to polarize 
based on where they landed in things like the gun debate or where they landed in terms of, uh, you know, which presidential candidates they supported or, uh, you know, how, how they showed up to talk about or, or be part of a conversation about a particular issue. Irrational loyalty truly is when a brand aligns with your values and beliefs so much that you'd be willing to stick with it really no matter what happens. And, and right now, we're, we're truly seeing a lot of this. For instance, uh, it's really hard for me to get some of my favorite products from the grocery right now, right? It is like not it, – it could be the fault of the supply chain, you know, on the grocery end. It, it could be – it could be because there are supply chain issues, you know, traced all the way back to the brand. And irrational loyalty is this bond that you have with this brand that even though you can't get the product right now or you can't use the product right now or God forbid there's something wrong with the product that gives you like enough confidence in your relationship with that brand to bridge the gap. Gabor explains that the power of irrational brand loyalty and its power to help smooth over even the worst crises is best illustrated by consumers' response to a listeria outbreak in a Bluebell ice cream manufacturing plant back in 2015 in Texas. So 2015, listeria breakout, people get sick, three people die. Three people die, eight more people get deathly, deathly ill and recover. Bluebell closes down the plant completely. They take full responsibility. They bring in outside investigators to go and trace, you know, where did this come from? Uh, they're, they're, communicating with the, they're communicating with the public and with their employees. They're showing regard for humanity. They're doing all the things that a brand does right during a crisis. They took out a $125 million loan to be able to continue to pay people while the plant was closed. That sounds familiar. It sounds a little bit like PPP loans, right? And when that brand reemerged two years later, the people were lined up out the door, down the street, around the corner, behind velvet stanchions to get into the grocery store to get their hands on a half a gallon of ice cream. And it wasn't even Millennium Crunch. It was vanilla, right? The very definition of irrational loyalty is the fact that you have such a strong relationship with a brand that even when customers are harmed as a result of of using that brand, that you would come back to it, right? And that's an extreme case, but we're seeing this all over the place. Bluebell's story shares many parallels with some of the struggles that food manufacturers are facing during the pandemic today, especially the meat and poultry processing facilities that have been deemed essential but are struggling as hotspots for larger outbreaks of the potentially lethal coronavirus. While those facility stories are still playing out, Gabor says that brands that survive and even thrive following the pandemic will be the ones that follow Bluebell's lead by focusing on their core consumer and their employees' safety. Brands that are going to be able to endure this um, are the ones that know who their ideal customer is. They know what those ideal customers value and believe. They align themselves with those customers and they focus on their best, most profitable, 
customers, the ones that are most highly predictive of their success as an organization. They focus on them. They put themselves in the shoes of those people and say, what would that person do? What would that person think? And they act with that person in mind. Based on social media listening and shopper sentiment, Gabor says most brands' core consumers currently all share a common value, which is worker welfare and employee safety, making this a key area on which companies should focus if they want to survive the pandemic and following economic downturn. I'm paying attention to like sentiment in social media and I'm like trying to understand like what is the consumer dialogue going on? Like what is that market level consumer conversation going on? What I hear people talking about just, you know, off the cuff is I'm, I want to support this particular brand because I perceive that they're really, really taking care of their, their customers. Or I want to patronize this particular business because it, it seems like I, it seems like their employees are safe, right? And they're, they're practicing safe practices. Or I'm disappointed that I can't get my hands on X, but you know what? I would rather see that their employees are safe and healthy than me have my whatever. If your, if your employees are cared for, that's going to benefit your business, it's going to benefit the employees, it's going to benefit their families, and then ultimately, because every consumer right now is watching what every brand does, they're looking to brands for leadership, and if they see a brand leading by showing regard first for their employees above all, I think and I predict that those are the brands that are going to fare better um, from a branding perspective. Like I can't really say anything about like business process, business strategy, production, all that kind of stuff. But from a brand perception perspective, I think that those are the brands that are going to do well. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see what actually happens, but that's my prediction. Once brands have ensured their employees' safety and identified their core consumers' needs, Gabor says that they can use this to craft unique and memorable marketing messages without fear of potentially offending consumers by awkwardly co-opting a crisis. Some advertising is tacky, um, especially advertising that seems to not acknowledge the fact that, like, we are currently in this situation. It seems to have no acknowledgement of the current human condition or the current situation. It's tacky, and, and, and I think instead of people ignoring it, they're being offended by it. So it's having, like, even the, the opposite unintended effect. Um, brands that are going way too far into the, the realm of like trying to co-opt the pandemic to raise awareness of their brand. Anybody who is doing the we are all in this together commercial, and I don't know how many brands there are who are doing exactly the same commercial, starts out with the tinkly piano music, and then you see the images of the healthcare workers taking off their masks and their faces are red. You see the people standing outside clapping for them while the piano music is going on in the background, and then we have a montage of people being at home and being together, and then the final message is with blank brand, we're all in this together, right? It's coming across as like inauthentic and insincere, and frankly, these are brands that have no idea what to say. And so I've been out there telling brands, like, this is how you bridge the gap during this time. Um, First of all, as a brand, if you want to remain top of mind with your customers, think about your marketing through a lens of helping and not selling. And what do I mean by helping? It's not just like, we're going to make masks right now. 
or we're going to retool our factory to be able to make ventilators or whatever it is. It's truly asking yourself as a brand the question of how can I be indispensable to my customers right now? And, and it, bridging the gap with, with useful and differentiated and unique and connective content. Here's a really good example. This is not in the food business. This is a beauty brand. Um, and a lot of us, since we are at home and a lot of us need haircuts and we certainly, you know, I need hair color, all that kind of stuff. But this is a beauty brand that, was, that is sold mostly to uh, black women. And now is not a time where, where many of us are thinking about some, you know, the creature comforts and, and the niceties and, and beauty and all that kind of stuff. And they know that and they acknowledge that. But this is a brand that, that has a, they have a, they have a good following and the people are interested in the brand because they like the story of the founders and they, they like, they like the values and beliefs of the brand. So the brand, knowing that people are not buying the product, they stood up a Saturday night virtual pajama party for customers. And so, you know, they, they go online, they invite their customers to come and attend this virtual pajama party and ask questions of the founders and ask questions about hair care, you know, when you can't get to the salon or when you can't, you know, you can't afford, you can't buy the products that you want. And then they even created an online course to teach people how to wear their hair naturally during this time, which seems counterintuitive. But they looked at their marketing through this lens of helping versus selling, and they're bridging, they're bridging the gap with, with content that is of use and makes themselves indispensable. This is on the restaurant side, but I've, I've even seen brands like Chick-fil-A uh, helping by showing people, here's how you can incorporate Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets and chicken strips into recipes that you can make at home, right? So it's through the lens of helping and not selling. When marketing during a crisis or sensitive period, Gabor also advises companies to avoid several common missteps, including failing to turn off automated ads, sticking with the status quo, or offering thinly veiled but ultimately the self-serving coupon codes. Like I've been collecting something that I call the COVIDiot Hall of Fame, which are things that I've received from brands or things that I've seen just in my like going about my business that I'm like, oh, wow, that would have been okay, you know, a year ago or even three months ago, four months ago or whatever. Like the, the audit, automated email campaign that I received from a retailer to my inbox that had the headline, staycation is better than vacation, right around spring break time, right on the day that the WHO declared us in a global pandemic. I, you know, it, I can tell you that this is anything but a staycation. Like, so, you know, brands... Uh, kind of co-opting this situation in a really, really inauthentic and insincere way. The other thing that I've seen brands do that's like a big no-no is uh, I can't tell you how many COVID-19 coupon codes I've received from brands. Like, are you kidding? Right? Um, and then, of course, the ones that are just completely ignorant of the fact that we are in a, a dire situation. I don't think that you have to be, I don't think that you have to be all doom and gloom. I, I think that you have to acknowledge the situation and you can do it in an uplifting and happy way. Um, 
you know, in scrolling through my social media a, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, I, directly under, you know, what was a post from a, a brand that I love, actually just, you know, a restaurant here in, in my hometown, a beloved local restaurant that is pleading with people, like, please come by and buy gift certificates because, you know, we can't really serve you now, but when we're open, we really want you back. You know, save the restaurant directly below it is an ad for a company that is advertising, get your free restaurant business plan below. And I was like, I can, I can give you a free restaurant business plan and that's don't open a restaurant right now. And, and so some of that is, some of that is just ignorance like pure ignorance, like they don't know what's going on because they haven't looked to turn off any marketing automation or they haven't looked at like their ongoing social media campaigns to make sure that there are not any Easter eggs of inappropriateness in the content that's in there. And they're just, you know, they're just continuing to run campaigns. So, you know, this is another piece of advice for brands, which is like, go turn off your marketing automation right now. Now is the time to humanize the communication. So go and look at the content in there and make sure you're not being inappropriate. Also, you know, I think about like uh, on days when we've received like devastating news about the increase in cases or, uh, you know, in, in the case of when, when my city went into complete lockdown and I got an email from, from an online retailer asking me, hey, you know what, we know that you shopped here last week. Can you give us a star rating on those yellow legal pads that you bought? And, and I'm a little bit, as a consumer, I'm like, hey, I got bigger fish to fry, right? And so I, I think that this is a time for brands to, to be extra aware, just be extra aware of, of the customer. Put the customer into the conversation about, about the brand and, and about the product and make it about them and ask yourself the question of, like, you know, what, how is this going to, how is this going to impact the customer? What do we think they're going to think about it? I just, when I see marketing that is off for this time, I'm scratching my head and I'm like, did, did, nobody, did nobody think about what the end customer or even the audience for this marketing might think? So, those, you know, those are just some hints there. Turn off the marketing automation. Be extra aware. Put the customer at the center of the marketing, you know, ask yourself, how can we be indispensable at this time? Bridge the gap with useful, uplifting, interesting content that isn't about selling your brand, but about helping people. Gabor provides exponentially more guidance on how brands can navigate crises and come out, if not unscathed, then at least still in the running. In her book, Irrational Loyalty, Building a Brand that Thrives in Turbulent Times, which can be found on her website, www.debgabor.com. Once there, listeners can also learn more about Gabor's newest venture, Authority Lab, which is a way for people to build their brand and monetize their expertise with the help of soul marketing. Gabor says the idea came to her while she was exploring online courses, subscription models, and community building online something that's become an everyday reality for many people working remotely or who are unable to connect at conferences and networking events. To help illustrate the platform's potential, Gabor made herself a client and has hosted weekly or even sometimes twice weekly free webinars all about how to elevate brands. You can check out the back webinars and see what's coming up at debgabor.com. 
And with that, we reach the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week. <music>